This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, as always, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday April 29th, thus far, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with one of the only guys who has donated to the BYU Billboard in Salt Lake City movement, Jason Shepard. All right, let's, let's make sure this is clear. I have not donated. I have not. Yet. But I do like the idea of putting I do like the idea of putting the billboard in Salt Lake City. Look, once uh, once BYU fell to North Carolina and you realized that the billboard was not going to go into Salt Lake City, it was a little bit of a downer. But then you had every oh, I let's just let's just come up with the idea of putting one together and everybody put their money and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I donate for that. I donate for that." So somebody actually created a GoFundMe account. You want to know what the grand total is? You want to give them the grand total of what's been uh, donated so far? Okay, first of all, the goal is five thousand, yeah. and, and you and you remember, I was like, "Oh, I donate to that." I would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, I right, donate one hundred five dollars. <laughs> what? A hundred and five dollars is all that's been donated. <laughs> Come on, people! Yeah, when uh, when uh, comes to the uh, tire and the rubber hitting the road, what? Uh, Look, in these got to put your uh, money where your mouth is. In these tough economic times, you know, I can understand it. But let's not let's not talk get all the bravado that we're going to all donate this money and then <laughs> we get $105. That's pretty My funny. question is uh if it doesn't go above $105, what happens to that $105? Yeah, seriously, what does happen yeah. with GoFundMe stuff if you don't reach the goal? Like, do you have the option of keeping <laughs> it in? Do you send it back? Can you send it back? I've only done GoFundMe one time. In my entire life. And so I don't know. I have no idea. Is it donated to the general fund of the university? I, don't, I have no I assume, idea. Maybe it just goes to the guy that set up the GoFundMe. Give it to Jason Shepard. He'll put it to good use. <laughs> I'll I pay tithing you. on it. I promise. I promise he'll put it to good use. Uh, here is today's show lineup. He might be the fastest guy on the BYU football team now that he's back playing safety. Zane Anderson on how he's preparing for another chance it's like his seventh year with BYU, and he wants to make it a career year. Deep Blue features a guy who loves L.A. now. Recent signee with the L.A. Rams, Diane Gonwoloku. The best to ever wear the number six. And you're saying, well, there are three different jerseys that have the number six retired at Lavelle Edwards Stadium right now. Yeah, we're going there. Who was the best to ever wear it? And the NCAA is making waves in the pay-for-play movement, which takes us to your Wednesday BYU Sports Nation headline. The NCAA Board of Governors announced today that they support rule changes that will allow student-athletes to receive compensation for third-party endorsements. Now, that's related to and separate from athletics. Some specifics include students can identify themselves by school sport. However, the use of conference or school logos and or trademarks will not be allowed. Now, the Board of Governors is hoping to implement these changes by the 2021-22 academic school year. It's all happening. If you're famous, 
you can make money on your name and likeness. It only took the NCAA a century. Congratulations. <laughs> we are here. Now, sadly, this does not mean a supposed return of the heralded NCAA football video game franchise or any NCAA video games in the immediate future. American sports executive, former lawyer, and current commissioner of the Big Big East Conference, Val Ackerman, said that group licensing, meaning video games, replica jerseys, is unworkable in college sports because they do not have a union or bargaining unit. So... Keep in mind, Major League Baseball has a players association. The NBA has their union. The NFL has their players union. You can't really do that in collegiate athletics. So that means that now the football game is not coming back. Stuart Mandel said, hey, landmark day for the NCAA, which after 100 years is strict amateurism rules, is finally on board with athletes making money from endorsements. And all anyone's talking about is the no video game part. Funny part is Scott Van Pelt of ESPN responded to Mandel's tweet and said, "Yeah, it's because they enjoy the video yeah. game." That's honestly, that's what's so funny about this. This is a this is major news. This is a seismic shift in what we're used to in collegiate athletics, in terms of athletes and being able to make money on their own likeness. And all anybody wants to talk about is the fact that it's not going to implement. It's not going to have any sort of bearing on the getting the NCAA games back up. It's crazy. It, it looks like it's another year of NCAA 14 for yeah. everyone out there. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. You and Jerem certainly love it. Go. You can update the roster. I, en- I enjoy watching you guys play. To this point, not been invited to participate. <laughs> That's fine. Some big fantasy football news, by the way. You're Super- invited to play that. <laughs> well, thank you. Everybody <laughs> it is because it's free. ESPN's Mike Clay tweeted out this morning that former Cougar and current Saints QB slash everything Taysom Hill will be granted tight in flex eligibility Whoa. this season in ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Now, ESPN said Hill will no longer be eligible at quarterback, but that if he does take over as the starter at quarterback at any point this season, they reserve the right to switch him back in Fantasy Leagues. What does it mean? It means every BYU fan <laughs> is now going to draft Taysom Hill. He'll be in early off-the-board type of guy. Oh, absolutely. Oh, because absolutely. he'll points in a lot of fantastic ways running catching now my question is if it's a gadget play and he throws a touchdown how does that work in as a flex play well you're gonna have to figure it out because there's probably going to be several scenarios where that plays out hey we're calling an audible speaking of quarterbacks on the opening drive of this show introducing our question of the day we are asking all of you across BYU Sports Nation to settle the debate in a live poll, okay? A live poll edition of today's Best to Wear It segment. Look, this is a really difficult one. They're all difficult for the most part. This one especially difficult. We couldn't come to a consensus. Today's the number six and we debated between Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, and Luke Staley. I mean, all three are deserving of it. So all wore number six. All were great. But who wore it the best? Somewhere Ben Criddle and any member of the 2006 football team is saying, hey, what about Curtis Brown? Hey, when Curtis's number is retired, we'll throw that into the conversation. Yes. Uh, all of you will combine for the deciding vote in this debate. Go to vote.byutv.org. Vote.byutv.org. Make your pick right now. At the end of the show today, your votes will decide the best to ever wear number six at BYU. Okay. Again, you can weigh in on social media as well, answering our question of the day. If you want to, if you feel like 
adding to the conversation, feel like you have a lot to get off your chest in the matter, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, please, by all means, use the hashtag BYUS and tell us what's on your mind. First response in from at Clark and Addinson says, Mark Wilson was great and Lakes Luke Staley was a beast, but Robbie Bosco was the quarterback on the national championship team. Therefore, he is the number six goat. Is it as simple as winning a national championship? Hmm. We will see. We will have more on this, more of a debate. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more. But look, you win a national championship. That's certainly the only one for the football team. That's going to carry some weight. Not only that, but the uh, high round draft pick. Made it into the NFL. Longtime coach. Yes. Administrator. Yeah. And he beat a bunch of really good teams. Beat Washington. Beat Boston College. Won his opening start at Pittsburgh when they were ranked number three. Won a national championship. Yeah, there's some serious clout there. Okay. Hashtag BYU. And right now, Luke Staley with an early lead. And votes uh, are coming in fast and furious right now. Luke Staley with 55% of the vote. He won the Doak Walker Award. If he doesn't break his leg, who knows what happens. Look, right? in, in term, and by the way, his legs to this day still the, the biggest calves I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that's something that you can appreciate. That's right? something as someone that never skips leg day. <laughs> can certainly appreciate (laughs) all rise and shout it's time for what's trending presented by trio senior living you're talking about it and so are we it's what's trending on byu sports nation you may have noticed byu basketball is having incredible success pulling in high level transfers to help their basketball program right now case in point last year jake toolson WAC Player of the Year follows his old coach, Mark Pope, comes over to BYU, and all he does is have an unbelievable year. West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year, scored at will, was awesome in that upset of Gonzaga. Then you consider what Mark Pope brought with him that had to sit out. Richard Harward, Wyatt Lowell, Alex Barcelo from Arizona was an immediate impact player, and now Matt Harms comes from Purdue, Jason. This has us asking, which is more integral to the success of BYU basketball? Transfers or actual high school players and recruiting there? See, I think the answer to this question changes depending on the time frame that you're talking about. If you're talking about the immediate, the right now, for me, it's the transfer portal. These are the players that are going to give you, like you mentioned with Toulson, an instant shot in the arm. These are the guys that, for the most part, are the experienced players that have played a couple of seasons in college basketball already. They, they've kind of worked out s- some of the kinks. Not all, because some, some are still transferring earlier and earlier. But most times, these are the guys that, have, that can come in and immediately step on the floor and provide you with instant whatever, whether it's instant offense, defense, all of the above. So if you're talking about immediate the most important thing probably is the transfer portal. If you're talking about long-term success for the program, then the answer changes. It has to be the high school recruiting. These are the players that you expect to be in the program for three to four years or at BYU five to seven, depending on missions. So those are the guys that are ultimately going to be your foundation because they're going to be around the program the longest. So I think it really, whichever time frame you're talking about, if it's immediate, it's the transfers. If you're talking about the long-term success of the program, it's, it's got to be the high school recruiting. It reminds me of walking around in the summer. It's over 100 degrees outside, and a barbecue is going on, and everything in the barbecue is great, right? Hot dogs, hamburgers, all the condiments, 
Like you need all of that stuff to make it a great barbecue. But if it's a hundred degrees and you're outside, what do you want most? Air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking strictly food. So, something to drink. Yes. Yes. You yes. want you want a a big tall glass of something. You illuminate it. Yes. Yes. A sprite. Need, it's the immediate need. Okay. You need yes. the drink. You need the beverage. You need to not be parched anymore. That's the transfer effect at BYU right now. They are in desperate need. And, and specifically right now of a ball handler. They need the tall glass of ball handler right now, okay? <laughs> Transfers are typically quick fixes, as you pointed out, Jason. But BYU probably has more necessary quick fixes than most of the other 352 Division I college basketball programs because of the missionary factor. Guys coming and going sometimes unexpectedly returning earlier, leaving later. It's an unbelievable juggling act that Mark Pope and his staff have to go through on a year-to-year basis. So right now, it's transfers because BYU has relied and will rely so heavily on them, especially in the first two years of the Mark Pope era. Think about it. Jake Toulson, Alex Barcelo, Richard Harville will make his impact this year, as will Wyatt Lowell. Gideon George is the junior college transfer And Matt Harms. And then, again, BYU heavily pursuing a needed ball handler right now, talking with at least five capable guys right now. For the foreseeable future, Jason, it's transfers. And it it shouldn't come as a surprise to us. Mark Pope was a transfer himself. He went from Washington to Kentucky and played for Rick Pitino, won a national championship. Chris Burgess was a transfer from Duke to Utah. He bettered his basketball ventures. Both of them, by bettering their careers, can relate to these guys. For the foreseeable future, Jason, and I'm talking at least two or three more years down the road, it's transfers for BYU. Well, and how important were transfers for the BYU basketball team last year? Brings us to our stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The two transfers that played accounted for 30.7% of the points for BYU basketball last season. Over 30%. Jake Toulson, Alex Barcelo, you think it matters? (laughs) And it will matter again. How many points will Harms and Harward and Lowell account for, and Barcelo for that matter, because he still falls in the transfer category? It's going to be maybe the majority of the points for BYU this year. All right, moving on to topic number two. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic wrote a piece the other day, which is really fun to read, uh, using relegation in college football. Came up with the idea of the top four P5 teams that should be relegated in favor of the top four G5 teams. BYU was one of the teams uh, in the G5 ranks that he thought deserved to be moved up in that scenario. So do you like the idea of implementing relegation in college football? One million percent, yes. And let me say this. Stuart Mandel called BYU a de facto power five. This is to appease those fans out there that are saying, don't call us a group of five team. We're different than them. Okay, he called BYU a de facto power five team. One million percent, yes, I like it right now. But the idea of it is only appealing to those that are in a position to benefit. (laughs) And BYU is clearly in that position. So if you ask Rutgers... Vanderbilt, Kansas, Oregon State, Wake Forest, Colorado, which, by the way, is a team that I think BYU should replace as a Power 5 team. They should be relegated. BYU should go into the Pac-12, be the traveling partner with Utah, and finally get into Pac-12. Those teams hate the idea of relegation, while every BYU fan is looking at this and saying, yeah, that'd be nice. 
Yeah, you got to earn it. You want to stay in the Power Five? You got to earn it, man. But what if BYU hasn't played well? And over the last few years, seven and six, what if BYU were on the other side of that coin? They were in a Power Five conference, and Stuart Mandel saying, hey, BYU hasn't really delivered. Uh, so maybe now it's time for uh, Colorado. Well, then the argument changes. Cincinnati. <laughs> exactly. Then it's like, <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. Horrible no, idea. No, Horrible. We're a great academic institution. Look at all of our other Olympic sports. We're awesome. Okay. This is, it's an intriguing conversation because it's, it's only. A good thing if you are benefiting from it. It's it's uh, that simple. So you're and going. So simple. Colorado is your. Let's in this scenario. Yes. If this yes. hypothetical scenario where it plays, you're saying Colorado out BYU in. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Look. I, yes, I like it. I love the idea. It's fun. But relegation will never happen in college football. But, sir, I like the idea of, of keeping teams' feet to the fire. Like, you can't just be fat and happy without producing results. And it, it will never happen because the structure of college sports just won't allow it. Sure, you can't ask Rutgers. Well, yeah. So, look, <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun to look through some of the teams, though, that fall under the category of just happy to be there. I mean, he talked about teams like, uh, like uh, Vanderbilt, he had Kansas, and Kansas is where I'm going. Kansas is the team. Now, we're talking about football only here. Okay, so basketball, everything so, remains. Yes, we, look, we know that the reason Kansas is Kansas is because the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team. The football team is horrible, and I knew they were bad. I did not know how bad mm-hmm. they really were until I dove into this this morning. Let me just give you this. Okay, so since 1996, that's the first year of the Big 12. So it's not like it's been a handful of years. We're talking a significant amount of time. 24 years. Since 1996, winning seasons for the Kansas Jayhawks, so above 500, three. Yeah. Winning conference seasons, one. Conference seasons with just one win, so one win in the conference, Nine <laughs> conference seasons with zero wins in the Big 12, five. Oh. They're horrible. I would love for BYU to be in the Big 12, take Kansas out. Cougars go in. I get it. I really do. But it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Like you said, it's never going to happen. The, the funnest part about this is it would make bad games late in the season immediately relevant. Like, hey, 3-8 and eight Iowa State versus 3-8. and eight Kansas, the loser is relegated. They, oh, yeah. Everything's on the line. Imagine the intensity in that. for bad games. That's, that's what I like about it as well. I love it. Coming up, more from you on the best to wear, the number six. And I think he might be the fastest guy on the BYU football team by the end of the season. Zane Anderson is back at safety Why he's ready for a breakout senior year. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us coming up on May 8th as we chronicle the 17-1 number one ranked BYU men's volleyball 2020 season that was cut short due to COVID-19. It's unfinished business. May 8th, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It'll be finished business about a year from now. Okay. <laughs> Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. We welcome now our first guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Skype. It is Zane Anderson, the Zane Train, BYU football safety. He is back and ready to go. Zane, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy to be with you guys. 
Hey, uh, as I look closer, is is that a is that a mustache I see growing on your upper lip? <laughs> it's it's the quarantine stash. <laughs> Does it qualify as a mustache right now, Zane? I don't know. I don't know if it qualifies. It's getting there though. How much gr- how much growth is that? This is probably this is probably three weeks on it. If I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, I love your honesty, man. I'm so glad we had you on the show today. Okay, so with social distancing in place, everyone is seeking very creative measures to pass the time. You are growing a mustache, among other things. Uh, what else have you been doing during uh, quarantine time? Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of time in the hand, and it's super weird, but um. I'm either working or I'm working out or I'm just chilling. I try to, I try not to chill too much cause that gets pretty old, but, um, yeah, between those two, it's, that's usually consumes my day. So, so are you binge watching anything? Do you, do you make time? I mean, there's been a lot of very interesting things to watch, uh, while everybody, the last dance, Tiger King, all of these things, are you, are you dipping into the binge watching of shows right now? Um, I'm I'm watch I'm watching The Last Dance. Um, I watched Tiger King, um, but I'm not too big in TV. I I need I wish I was. This would be a good time to do that right now. But and I guess in my time that I don't I'm not doing anything. I guess I play I play video games with friends and stuff. So okay, well you bring up video games. We just learned that the NCAA is going to allow players to make money for their likeness and image, but it doesn't appear that NCAA football is coming back anytime soon. Um, how do you feel about the fact that uh, video games are not in the mix despite this news? I wish they were. Um, me and my little brother, we have NCAA 14. That's the last game that was made. Oh, and yeah. uh, so we, whenever I go back home, I play with him on that. And there's someone that updates rosters. And so you can play as yourself. You can play as the current teams and stuff. So, But it'd be nice. I, that's one of the best games, so... Okay, so after the updated rosters are in place uh, and you are using yourself as a player with BYU, are you a linebacker or a safety? <laughs> I was back at safety. That's the latest <laughs> I was playing. Okay. Uh, who knows? Next year I'll be, I could be all over the field. <laughs> so Zane, Corner, what, linebacker, safety. What is, what is the best way to stay in shape right now? With, with everything going on, you're, you know, the facilities – uh, are closed on campus. Everybody's kind of on their own. I know that they can get some instruction in terms of maybe getting some workout plans and some things. But but how's, how are you staying in shape? What's the best way for you to do this with the facilities and everything being off limits right now? Yeah, it's it's um, it's a really tricky thing. I think that um, there's different ways you can go about it. I think there's people, maybe other teams that are some kids that are kind of coming up with excuses to why they're not working out. Cause there's, there's, it's pretty hard to get a work, good workout in. Um, but for me, I've, I've been running Hills a lot, um, with weighted vests. Um, my trainer actually has still been able to train me. And so I'm with him like five to six days a week. And so, um, it's, it's fun. I think this is obviously a difficult time for people, um, for people losing loved ones and, it's a scary time for people, but it, um, it, things can't stop. You know what I mean? And, and I can't stop trying to improve and be a better Zane Anderson. And so for me, I've been able to level up in a way with all this going on with so much focus on training and, and, uh, recovery. And so it's, 
it's been I feel like I've leveled up in this whole thing and I've I really have been I've been grinding Zane I'm gonna need you to be my life coach uh for the next year is that okay (laughs) (laughs) I got you all right man uh I want to go back to something you brought up you said you could be all over the field you were a linebacker last year uh now you could be a safety (laughs) cornerback but maybe you'll play linebacker again what position are you going to play on the BYU defense <laughs> the question left unknown. I think um, I think I'll end up playing safety, but I think I'll be moved around and be able to play corner if I need to. I'll be able to play linebacker, and so I think that's the plan. In, in spring, I was learning the techniques of corner, and I've learned linebacker, and so I think being able to play all the positions, being able to fulfill a role that needs it's vacant, or if something happens, or there's a different matchup out there that I can do that, and so. Um, it's, it was good in spring. I learned a little bit of corner and I've continued to work on that technique, but I'm also working on safety and, and so trying to work in all three of them, but I'm kind of focusing on DB right now. And that's where my weight is. Zane, because you have had all this time to get past the injury and train, how close to a hundred percent are you? Um, I'm getting there. I really am getting there. I, that's one thing that's been nice. It's the one thing that's been open is the training room. And so, um, I've been able to go in there and they, they take people in by appointment. It's, but, um, it's a blessing to be able to go in there and have those guys take care of me and keep my shoulders strong and stuff, especially during this time. Cause if I weren't get, doing anything, it would, it would get weak and, and stuff. And so I feel, I, I feel about 90% right now. Um, I feel really good and it's, it's coming along at this, this second surgery on my shoulder was uh, a little more difficult. It was, it kind of strung along a little more. And so um, being able to take times like this and focus in on that and really lock in on my health has been good. BYU senior defender Zane Anderson with us on BYU sports nation. We'll call you the hybrid specialist if that's okay. Uh, Zane, are you officially the oldest player on the BYU football team right now? If not, then who is? Um, people always ask me this and all the freshmen and everyone's like, you're old, you're old. I'm only 23 years old, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is, it's fairly old, but compared to BYU's past, it's not that old. You know what I mean? And so, um, God, there's some guys that are older than me for sure. Um, I know Matt Bushman, Isaiah Kafusi, Zach Daw, um, pretty much every one of our seniors is probably older than me. Okay. No, that's good to know. This this is why we're asking the question so that we can get <laughs> yeah. the truth out there. Yeah, get it out there. None of this Grandpa Anderson stuff. It's Grandpa Bushman, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that, uh, from a sports perspective, that was nice to have over the last week or so was the NFL draft, and to have three nights of it was fun to watch. Uh, you had three teammates that signed free agent contracts uh, after the draft was done. How excited were you? for your teammates to hopefully realize their dreams of playing in the national football league. Oh, I was pumped. I mean, I came in with a lot of those guys. I came in with Diane, we were roommates. So um, just seeing him grow up through freshman year and seeing him develop as a player was, was truly amazing. Seeing Tyson come in and do his thing. And with his setback he had and still being able to get a shot, was amazing. And just, and Leva, um, him giving a shot. And I just, I was super proud of all those guys and happy for him. And, I think that um, I think some other guys missed out on some of our other dudes. I think um, Austin Lee needs to be in the NFL, and I think teams are kind of looking over him. And there's a few other guys, JJ, uh, Micah Simon. And, and so 
it's obviously frustrating not seeing those guys go because you know how they have the potential to be in that league. But um, I think hopefully things will come around and they'll get their shot as well. So with those guys in mind, Zane, what are your plans for football after BYU? Um, I want, it's always been a dream for me to go to the NFL. Um, and so that's, that's the dream. That's something I'm locked in right now. That's plan A. Um, and so I think that comes um, – as I develop myself and show that I'm healthy throughout this season. And um, I think that's the biggest thing is just playing all 13 games. Um, That's the thing that scouts are going to look after. And, and uh, so that's something that I can kind of control. Like I do that right now in in physical therapy. And, and so that's something I'm really locking in on is just trying to be as healthy I could be because that's something that set me back the past few years from reaching that goal. Zane, you're definitely not the oldest guy on the team, but you might be the fastest guy on the team. Are you the fastest on the BYU football team right now? Um, I think I might be. Um, Chris Wilcox, he's he's a little banged up right now. He would he'd give me a run for my money. Um, there's a few other fast guys, but I think I'm up there. I think I'm up there. Bo Tanner left last year. He was kind of he was faster than me. There was a few other guys that were a little quicker. Micah Simon was quick, and so um, Diane was quick. So I think hopefully I'm the not the oldest, but hopefully I'm the fastest right now. Hey, just own it like you own that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Zane, it's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, so glad you're doing well. Great to get the update on your health. And uh, for the time being, stay healthy. Continue to get healthy. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for that, and we'll talk to you again and soon. Okay. Good to talk to you guys. All right, Zane Anderson well. on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, one of the newest members of the Los Angeles Rams. Deep Blue coming up with Diane Gonwoliku. Yeah, he's fast too, right? Yes, he is. Zane just told us. And who you got as the best ever wear number six, Wilson, Bosco, or Staley? This is BYU Sports Nation. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. Welcome back to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard here. It's time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Athletics News. The NCAA Board of Governors announced today that they support rule changes that will allow student-athletes to receive compensation for third-party endorsements. Specifics include students can identify themselves by sport or school. However, the use of conference school logos and or trademarks will not be allowed. Board of Governors is hoping to implement these changes in the 2021-2022 academic school year. This, however, does not mean a hopeful and supposed return of the heralded NCAA football video game franchise. So it's NCAA football 14 once again. And for that matter, any NCAA video game in the immediate future. American sports executive, former lawyer and current commissioner of the Big East Conference, Val Ackerman, said that group licensing for video games, replica jerseys, etc., is unworkable in college sports due to the fact that it does not have a union bargaining unit. For now, is that something that can change? We'll see. Cougars in the NFL. Some big fantasy football news for you. ESPN's Mike Clay tweeted out this morning that former Cougar and current Saints QB slash pretty much everything, Taysom Hill, will be granted tight end 
flex eligibility this season in ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Now, ESPN said Hill will no longer be eligible at quarterback, but that if he does take over as the starter at quarterback this season, they reserve the right to switch him back in Fantasy Leagues. With the first pick in the Blue Goggle Draft of 2020, (laughs) I'm taking Taysom Hill. Our question of the day, who was the best to wear the number six at BYU? Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go back to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Nate Slack 5 on Instagram answers Luke Staley. Doak Walker in 2001, BYU was 12-0 with him. They were in the top 10, ranked number 8. 0-2 without him, best running back BYU has ever had. Jason, who was the best to wear it? We're asking this question each day. We are at number six again. Let's discuss all three worthy candidates, starting with Mark Wilson. All right, Mark Wilson, 1975 through 1979, just shy of 7,000 yards passing. He had 55 touchdowns, a completion percentage of 58%. He was 22-4 and four, uh, as a starter. Ooh. He broke nine NCAA records, tied two others. He was BYU's first consensus all-American, and he finished third in the Heisman voting in 1979. Now, those are two facts that most people overlook. Yes, very he much so. He was the first yes. consensus All-American, and he was third in the Heisman voting? We don't talk about that a lot. Absolutely. He was also drafted by the Raiders, which we, we won't hold that against him, uh, and played on Super Bowl championship teams in 80 and 83. So that is Mark Wilson, a very, very impressive resume. If Mark Wilson and BYU go undefeated in 1979... If they just don't botch a kick and beat Indiana in the Holiday Bowl, that's BYU's first undefeated team, Jason. And just maybe that's the clincher in this this argument, right? Absolutely. He's the first quarterback to take BYU to an undefeated record. It was that close in 79. All right, Robbie Bosco. Okay, 1981 to 1985. He won the national championship. He did take BYU to an undefeated record. Heroic effort over Michigan on a bum leg in San Diego. He finished with 8,700-plus yards passing, 67 touchdowns. How about 64% completion percentage for his career? 24-3 and as a starter, Jason. Of course, a national championship, the Rocket from Roseville. Robbie Bosco was known as the Rocket at any point in his life. I'm guessing that was arm strength and not speed, right? Uh, he broke nine NCAA records, tied one. He finished third in the Heisman voting. 1985, honorable mention, All-American, drafted by the Green Bay Packers and has been a successful coach of several sports at BYU, for that matter, notably football. Robbie Bosco, in a lot of people's mind, takes an advantage here because he was the championship quarterback. So I think people are going to give him the edge because, oh, he won it. He won it all. You know, It makes makes sense. It is an argument that if that's the argument you're going to use, there's not many things that you can argue against it. When you say national championship. Really, there's no wrong answer. There really is no wrong answer. But, uh, you know, uh, when you win the Doak Walker Award yeah. at BYU in 2001, you have a real case. Absolutely. Luke Staley, 1999 through 2001, 424 carries for 2,500 yards, 2,502 to be exact. Woo. yard per carry and 41 touchdowns. He was the perfect back in terms of he was strong, he was built and solid, but he was so fast. You can see 
If you're watching on BYU TV, his ability to get around the edge, everybody remembers the one play from him where he was racing down the sidelines against Utah for the win. He was unbelievable. In 2001, led Division I with 8.1 yards per carry, rushed for 1,582 yards and 24 TDs, both BYU records. Eighth all-time rusher in BYU in only three seasons. As you mentioned, won the Doak Walker Award, drafted by the Lions in the seventh round in 2002. Luke Staley, obviously of the three, is the only one I saw play in person. He was as dominating a running back as you will ever find. He was phenomenal. Again, uh, there's this little if, and not so much a little, a big one. If he doesn't get hurt, is he the clear leader here? Does BYU finish the season undefeated? Yeah, because then the 2001 takes on even, you know, loftier, you know, goals in terms of how you look back on it. And BYU wasn't going to play in a major bowl game. They had already announced that. And the double whammy effect is Luke Staley's also injured. So they go to Hawaii, they get blown out 72-45, and then they kind of limp into the bowl game and lose to Louisville 28-10. But if Luke Staley is healthy and they finish undefeated, then does the conversation lean towards him? Okay, so where, where are you going with this? I, this is really tough for me. This one is really tough for, for me as well. This one, yeah, this, this one was hard to come up. To come I mean, up with. Th- this is really tough. And you know what? I'm going to think about it a little longer because, honestly, Jason, I still don't know. Like, I thought I had my answer this morning. Thought I had it. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what? I-, I still don't know. I'll give you my answer in the e-block. All of you can also answer vote.byutv.org in our live poll right now. You help us decide who is the greatest to ever wear number six. Do you know your answer? I think I do know my answer, but if you're going to hold off to the e-block, I will wait as hey, well. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Honestly, you really cannot go wrong with any of these three, and that's why I love this debate so much. Okay. They're all deserving of this. <laughs> that's why they have their numbers, numbers retired. Absolutely. Coming up, as we mentioned, you settle the debate. Who is the best to wear the number six at BYU? We will talk about that coming up. Diane Gawolik, who has been on an interesting adventure. Got him to BYU, now into the NFL. But let's dive into that story as we go deep blue next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This Friday, we explore the amazing 1983 BYU football season in a new BYU Sports Nation special, The Reviewables. Steve Young joins the program Friday noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Diane Gunwoloku is one of the newest members of the Los Angeles Rams. It has been a rocky traverse at times for Gunwoloku, who was once a Liberian immigrant, and now he is playing in the National Football League. What's the story there? Well, we're about to tell you as we go Deep Blue, presented by Tim Daly Nissan with Diane Gunwoloku. My name is Diane Gunwoloku Lake. I was born in Liberia, that's West Africa, and I came here when I was five because it was like a civil war going on. He's come out and been open about how some things come a little bit harder to him as far as school and learning, and he's a, a kid that is really the epitome of putting your head down and just working hard at something. We saw my mom for the first time. She picks us up at the Salt Lake Airport, and we're just like, 
amazed, just like, this place is big. You know, the minute I saw them get off the plane, the minute I saw Diane with connected eyes, he just kind of melted my heart. So he was scared. He was just quiet, couldn't say anything. Me and my sister, it was our first time seeing, like, white people. So we're just like, what the heck is this? This lady's taking our hands, like, taking us to a car. So we didn't know what was going on. And it was just a culture shock. The environment, like I said, I was switching the light switch off and on because it was all new to me. Seeing light, table, food. They brought us, like, chicken noodle soup. That was, like, our first meal we ate. And we also had to learn English, so it was hard to understand them and communicate. So we were just freaked out until my dad actually came back to Utah and was, like, explaining everything to us. Everything was going to be good. I said, if you do come here, you have to work hard. You have to go to school, do everything you can. Quickly, batted up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. The Cougars picked it off. And in overtime, they won it. Every game, I will write him a memo or a letter. I said, remember where you came from. Remember what I told you. So you play this game, you play with all your heart, you'll be successful. And that's what he always do. Play with all your heart. His story to his teammates and to the players is really a story of just triumph over difficulty, just having determination, and he's been fun to be around just because the odds were really against him as far as coming to a tough academic school. He's the kind of guy that when you give him a challenge, he'll just he'll surpass it. He'll, he'll overcome anything. And I probably made the mistake, which I think now is a good challenge, and just basically told him that, hey, a lot of people don't think he can make it here because school's so hard. That was the last we ever worried about his academics. Refused to be outworked, whether it's um, weight room, running sprints, or whatever the case may be, and classroom as well. You know, a guy who, who came in, an underdog as far as academic goes. He's really done a good job just fighting through all the things that he's had to and not really looking at it as a crutch, but something that's just determined him to get through his education. Diane has an incredible commitment to the contact of football. Maybe as much or more than any player I've ever coached. He really enjoys, with a smile, the contact part of the game. I just really like to hit. Like That's the one thing that separated like football and soccer. Like I said, I used to play soccer when I was little on a competitive team, and I had to like decide which one. Football just really stops me. Just, I'm like, you get to hit kids? Like You get to hit other people? Like and is legal i'm like i gotta for sure <laughs> i gotta for sure stick with football like because soccer i used to get like penalties called on me just like shoving little kids and everything's a foul on me like so football that was never the problem rewarded obviously for hitting kids and i was like i like that a lot of guys will muster the courage necessary to make the play at the moment a lot of guys enjoy being the aggressor when the angle is correct to to make contact Diane enjoys all contact, never flinches, it's particularly amongst DBs. I think there's, he's one of the best there is. Getting married to my wife, Madison, that was like one of the biggest highlights because she changed my life for sure. Because even here, I still, like I said, I was focused, but I wasn't all the way there focused in school or football, really. And getting married to her uh, last year, she just kept me in like a straight line, like had me organized and take care of my homework before I even like think about anything else like video games stuff like that she was always there to love me and take care of me and she deserves the world and that was just like a big highlight in my life and she's she's like one of those ride or die girls like I said she gives me that energy to and motivates me and pushes me to do better in my life
I remember telling him once that doors would open and things would happen and that he would just be amazed with his family and, and the people back home and, and all those things if he continued to do what he needed to do and be strong in it. Remember your heritage. Remember those that fought for you to be here where you are. You walk on the shoulders of giants. So be proud of whatsoever, wherever your son or daughter coming from. You have pride in him as a human being first. Secondly, you should have pride in him for what he is. He will always be on that and become somebody better in the future. What a career for Diane Gonwoloku. And Jason, you and I were just talking as we were watching that piece again about how many different ways he impacted the game and how many touchdowns he scored, whether it was a pick six against Boise State on the blue, a scoop and score fumble recovery against Cal, his running touchdowns in the bowl game against USC, and then, of course, the unforgettable interception to seal the win over USC in his senior season. He just was so impactful. Well, and I think it goes to a conversation that you and I were having on this show a week or maybe two weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. We were talking about draft sleepers. And we both said Diane Gonwoloku could be one of those guys because of everything you just mentioned. All the guy did was make plays. It didn't matter the situation. He was always a playmaker, whether it was a big tackle, interceptions. You mentioned pick sixes, INTs. It, it just didn't matter. He was always around the ball making plays. And that, that, that completely defines his career at BYU. He's just a playmaker. Absolutely. Diane Gonwoloku, a member of the Los Angeles Rams. It's been fun to watch his career span from uh, Liberian immigrant to stand out at Northridge High School in Layton, Utah, now to BYU. He switched positions a bunch of times, yeah. and wherever he went, he still made a difference. Um, he's a guy that I expect to be on an NFL roster. It might be a practice squad right now, but with his ability to impact the game with the contact and the durability, he's Bob Sanders to me, Jason. Yeah. He's Bob Sanders. I think he's going to last in the NFL. Well, and, and you know, I, I think practice squad, special teams, I mean, there's certainly, there's certainly a, a route to getting there. He has advantages there. But, but he, this, this is a guy that without question, if given the opportunity, will make the most of his chances. There's no question in my mind about that. Coming up, our rise in shout-outs. And uh, what is the chance that a BYU Cougar – Gets another Super Bowl ring? It may be better than you think. Okay, and our answers to the best to wear number six. I just changed my mind again, Jason. I'm not kidding. This is BYU Sports Station. I thought I knew where he was going. (laughs) Segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime you want it on demand via the BYU TV and or BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. I may as well become a politician now because I've changed my mind you like have three times. I have flip-flopped uh, about seven times over the course of this show on who the greatest to wear number six at BYU was. Uh, we asked you to join with us and Make your voices combined for the deciding factor. Vote.byutv.org. We're going to close that poll in a couple of minutes. So if you haven't voted yet, get in there, cast your vote, and uh, we'll see what the collective voice of BYU Sports Nation says. Jason, um, I'm going to defer to you. 
Who's the greatest to wear number six, Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, or Luke Staley? Look, as I mentioned, the only three, one of the three that I've seen actually play is Luke Staley. So based off of what I saw, my first initial reaction was to go with Luke Staley. In terms of arguably the most dominant back BYU has ever had. You mentioned the Doak Walker. What he was able to do with both being physical and with speed was was unbelievable and it's just such a shame that the injury took the what could have been an even better season and who knows what else would have happened uh but at the end of the day of these three there are, there's one player who brought BYU a national championship and that was Robbie Bosco all three are deserving all three have eye-popping stats all three have things that made them dominant in their own way but Robbie Bosco was the guy at quarterback when BYU won its only national championship in college football. And how many times did we bring up 1984? It's been brought up a couple of times. It is the pinnacle so far. Yeah. It is the greatest season that ended it because it ended in a championship. It has to be Robbie Bosco because of that. Okay. Uh, it's appropriate that all three have been uh, honored with having their jersey retired together. Because yes. all three are deserving. Uh, I have answered all three at some point during this show. Um, I'm going to lean to Luke Staley, Jason. I am leaning toward Luke Staley because he was the most valuable player to his team. Robbie Bosco had some incredible NFL players all around him. Luke Staley did not have that luxury, and yet he was still the best running back in all of college football in 2001. So because of the value factor, I'm going to go with Luke Staley. It's 50.1%, okay? Can't wait for you to run into Robbie on campus. <laughs> Robbie knows I love him. And he might be the answer tomorrow for me, Jason. I flip-flop. Absolutely. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at DeYoung1993 Answers on Twitter. Although I love the other two, Staley won the Doak Walker at a school known for passing. How about that? Yeah, it's pretty it's, good. It's QBU. Okay, today's rise and shoutouts. Jason, you're up first. Yeah, the uh, top four favorites to win the Super Bowl next season, according to certain places. Oh, Chiefs, Ravens, 49ers, and Saints, all four have Former Cougars currently on the roster. Yes, oh, they yeah. do. Yes, they do. Uh, my shout-out goes to Jeremiah Jensen for this Greg Rubel picture. Remember when Greg had hair? Uh, Greg responded and just said simply, yeah, good times. A full head of hair that is amazing. for Greg Rubel interviewing PJ Carlissimo. That's amazing. Thank you, Jeremiah Jensen, for giving us this greatness. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Thanks to Zane Anderson for Jason. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Leon White.